You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul transitions from Genesis to Exodus, showing the interconnection between the books of the Pentateuch. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And God came and split them again according to their own tribes and clans and peoples and lands. Wherever you are, you are no better than the other. You have your geography, you have your history, you live there, but you have to live as an Adam on the Adama. Better as an Haya, a living animal on the Adama, and even better as a dug, a fish in the seas. Okay? Type this, put it in different colors, and frame it in at least at the entrance of your apartment or house. And don't get back to me with, Do you mean, Father Paul? I mean what I mean. To comprehend it, you have to keep listening to scripture in Hebrew. Okay, 50. Verse 3, the Egyptians wept for 70 days. We said the importance of 70. 7, so Joseph went up to bury his father. Pharaoh allowed him to go up. But Joseph, remember, he comes back. He goes up to bury his father with all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, all, all the elders of the land of Egypt, at Hebron. That's very interesting. In other words, the Egyptians even were present there in the area of Hebron to bury Jacob. And repeat it again. It's relentless scripture. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan in verse 13 and buried him in the cave of the field at Machpelah and so on. See, I like to give you the verses because I know that for a fact, you know. I give the impression that I'm repeating myself because I love to do so. Well, my students tell you that Father Paul repeated himself in the classroom, but he couldn't wait until his last class is finished to go not to his office to receive students for meetings, but to rush to his car and drive back to Danbury, Connecticut. Enough is enough. Now his brothers also came and fell down before him, you know, when they came back, captatio benevolentiae, but notice Joseph said to them, fear not, for am I in the place of God? Okay, very impressive. 
Am I instead of God in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Which parallels the Babylonian exile. In other words, you came to Egypt to find food. The same thing will happen to you after the destruction of your city. You have to live in Babylon. And you remember Jeremiah said, make sure to settle there, build houses, uh, have flocks, till the land, and have families and children. You're going to be staying for a long time. So wherever you are, the main thing is to make sure not that God is with you and then add, and obviously, brothers, you know that he's always with you because he is everywhere. No! And may the God of Joseph and Isaiah and Abraham, which means the scriptural God, be with you, not your God. Now, says Jacob, he referred to God of my father. That is the reference. Okay. Then he reassured them and comforted them. And this is the main verb. Niham, that is found in Genesis 21 here. And also in Isaiah 41. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. Okay, that's another link about this comfort. We have it also in the case of Noah, obviously. And so Joseph dwelt in Egypt. Okay, that's very important to remember. But as a gur, as a ger, he and his father's house and Joseph lived a hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Makir, the son of Manasseh, were born. We mentioned that in the intro. And Joseph took an oath to the sons of Israel. An oath of the sons of Israel saying, God will visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. And we have also quoted this text in the intro, that ultimately he is to be buried in the land of Canaan, and then we heard about his bones at the end. And with this, we move to Exodus, that starts with the following statement, that there arose a king that did not know Joseph. After the mention of the names, and Joseph died, and so on, but then uh, in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Exodus, you have another, and this is what will tilt the story towards the rise of Moses, and then the promulgation of the law, which is what is going to keep Israel if they follow it. Because it's neither Joseph nor Moses that is going to. But Joseph, again, is given importance, unlike Moses who died without entering the land. 
but Joseph entered the land in his bones. However, they were kept in a box by the same name as the box where we have the law and the covenant. Okay. The book of Exodus, obviously, is a continuation of the book of Genesis. You know, the entire section, the whole Pentateuch, I mean, it follows one another and then it goes into Joshua and then Judges and Samuel and until the end of the book of Kings. There are some scholars that speak of the Ennead, which is nine books, the five of the Pentateuch and then Joshua, Judges, Samuel and Kings you know, to expand on the different theories of the Pentateuch and the Tetratuch and the Exatuch. But clearly you have a story that ends with exile. So when you hear it like this, you see it's a sad story which has been prepared for in the book of Genesis. But, you know, in theology and the history of the church, we like always to end in glory and uh, which is anti-scriptural I need to repeat that because the more I live uh, the more I notice that most of us just do not accept that do not like it but that's the way it is and I'm going to begin with a comment that I learned from Professor Skandar Abushar who has his own reading of the Pentateuch you may have heard it from me, but let's repeat it now because we're moving from a book to another book. Yeah. You know, he points out that if you hear the Pentateuch as a totality, then you hear the plan of God in the Pentateuch. That at the beginning, the whole thing starts with human beings and their multiplication uh, through the seed uh, as ordained by God but things go bad so God has to turn around and introduce the scriptural approach of the begetting through the teaching okay the children of God you hear it at the beginning of Isaiah you know children have I reared and they did not listen to me and that is so central to the whole scripture actually it is central to the entire tradition of wisdom you know in the book of Proverbs you know the teacher calls his student my son that's the way things are in all languages but let's listen to the beginning words of each one of these five books and you know that in the Jewish tradition, this is how they refer to the name of the first five books. They call the first one in the beginning, the second one, these are the names, the third one, Wayikra, and he called out, and so on. So it's the tradition. After that, they go by naming the books by the main personality of the book, like Joshua, Judges and then Samuel and then the book of the prophets we have them under Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel but here it's interesting that you don't have names 
So it's more functional. And let's read them together, Al-Askandar Abu Sha'ar. So Bereshit, that would be in the beginning. Shomot, these are the names at the beginning of Exodus. Then in Leviticus 1.1, Wayikra El Moshe, Waydaber Yahweh Elaw Lemur. Very powerful Leviticus because it has the three main verbs that are connected with God speaking. Wayikra from Qara, said aloud, spoke out, and then why the bear from the bear which is to speak and then the third one lemur which is translated usually as saying in order to say from the verb amar that's very powerful and leviticus as i keep repeating and as we shall see when and if we get there i mean if we get there with me that it's impressive because in this book god speaks all the time you don't have interaction and here I'll go to stress time again but let me say it now that the book of Leviticus if you're serious about it it does not allow you the use of this terminology in modern theology and philosophy your narrative my narrative his narrative her narrative our narrative it doesn't work so very important Again, notice, I want you to get used to the importance of the original and not just that, and God spoke. In the book of Numbers, we have the iteration of the most important verb, diber, from which we have dabar and its plural, the barim, the words. And very interestingly, in conjunction of the word Midbar, which is wilderness. Let's hear it in the Hebrew, the beginning of Numbers. So after God spoke, in the beginning we had names and God spoke and then in Numbers we hear Waydaber Yahweh El Moshe Bemidbar Sinai and then the most important addition Ohel Moed in the tent of meeting or encounter very powerful the stress on the tent so actually it is in the midbar this is where he spoke and again words are functional and then the result in Deuteronomy Ele Haddobarim and that reminds you of the beginning of Exodus Ele Shemot these are the names and then you have the names of the sons of Israel procreation and so on and so forth it's the people but then slowly on you realize that is not important because what is important ultimately which will start the actual scriptural story with Joshua judges Samuel and kings you hear Ele Haddobarim you have the words in the plural in the title for the first time Shemot is plural Dobarim is plural so Elle had Dobarim these are the words 
אשר דיבר משה אל כל ישראל בעבר הירדן במדבר. Now suddenly you hear, if you like, God disappearing behind Moses. So technically the Deuteronomy are not the words textually speaking of God but of Moses. He is the prophet. And we shall hear it early in Exodus where God will tell him that you Moses are going to be the God of Aaron who will be your prophet. So there is always a preparation for that. And you know how in the biblical tradition we hear that the Pentateuch is referred to as Moses. You hear the words of Moses and that reflects this tradition that started with Jeremiah. You know that in scholarship most of the people say that Moses is patterned after Jeremiah where God the Lord put his words, meaning the Lord's words, in Jeremiah's mouth. And that's what you have ultimately what is sedimented in the book of Deuteronomy. But again, with the stress that it happened in the Midbar, followed in the Arabah, which is the southern desert. I think it's very impressive. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.